0: League of Ireland podcast in the business. This is off the
1: ball. Yes, hello there. You're very welcome to episode twenty four of the Off the Ball League of Ireland podcast. My name is Jamie Morby. With you early this week on Sunday. As opposed to Tuesday or Wednesday Because Europe is on the agenda again And this is definitely the best week in the League of Ireland season for me Maybe apart from FAI Cup week When all four League of Ireland clubs are still involved in Europe So coming up over the next 45 minutes or so We'll be joined by men from all four clubs competing in Europe Firstly, Dundalk's Jamie McGrath of course A nil-nil draw against Riga in the first leg So Dundalk off to Latvia this week And I'm sure when you were growing up as a young footballer You never thought you'd be going to play in a Champions League qualifier in somewhere like Latvia no,
0: exactly um, Even when you mentioned Playing Champions League football You almost get goosebumps Because when you're growing up It's always something You're, you're watching on TV Used the be when You're always watching uh, Tuesday or Wednesday night
1: Yeah, Shamrock Rovers And their man Roberto Lopez He scored a 94th minute equaliser Against Bran in Norway The so Rovers coming back to Dublin With two away goals And Pico admits he went fairly mad with his celebrations on the pitch.
2: Had all that nervous energy after scoring, had uh, to wait for the delivery and then scoring just to just to run and I think I ran. I tried to deal with tumble and that didn't turn out too well, but uh, it, was, it was just brilliant. Like it was it was neat, it felt like a winner, so uh, um, it, it was great. It was great.
1: Yeah, that's the good stuff for Dundalk and Shamrock Rovers. Not so good for Cork City. They were beaten two nil at home by a team from Luxembourg called Progress Niederkorn. Cork also missed a penalty. And their interim head coach John Cotter has been asked afterwards about the size of the job facing him and the club to turn around that result but also their season.
3: Is it a job to score a turn overnight? Absolutely not. Is it a rebuilding job? Yes. Um, and we're well aware what we have to do and prepared to do it. As you can see over the last week players have left and um, sometimes you need a bit of patience.
1: Yeah some really strong stuff Coming from John Cotter In a few minutes time And then we'll be joined By the St. Pat's manager Harry Kenny They were also beaten 2-0 at home By a team from Sweden Called IFK Norcopping And they're off to Sweden For the second leg on Thursday But Harry says All hope is not lost just yet
4: Well that's the key to it You certainly don't want to concede Because it becomes a, a, An uphill task then But uh, if we get a goal early Or even into the second half There's still plenty of time um, The whole stadium And the, the opposition Get nervy So We're hoping to do that. We hope to get the first goal and uh, take it from there.
1: Yeah, that's the St. Pat's head coach and manager, should I say, Harry Kenny, who will join us very shortly as well on episode 24 of the Off the Ball League of Ireland podcast. We'll begin, though, with Dundalk and they're off to Riga for the second leg of their Champions League qualifier against Riga from Latvia. And Jamie McGrath is on the line. Jamie, how are you? Good morning. Welcome back to the show. How's things? Morning, Jamie. How's things? Great stuff. Not bad yourself? All good. All good. Uh, Jamie, of course, getting ready for the second leg with Dundalk. Um, Before we speak about the trip and everything Jamie just remind us of the first leg a scoreless a draw so I suppose the main point is Dundalk did not concede an away goal and you'll head over there knowing if you score it gives you a great chance but what was the first leg like overall against Riga?
0: Yeah you kind of summed up there a uh, nil all draw Jay um, yeah we probably weren't at our very best uh, at home during the night but um, like you said the main thing is we didn't concede um, we know that what we have to do going out there now and the tie would have been a bit, a lot more difficult if we had conceded at home so yeah um, yeah, we like we probably were about better team on the night, um, without maybe creating as many clear cut chances as we normally do at home. But um, they sat in all all match and they made it difficult first they came with the intention of getting a draw, and um, they've obviously got that. So uh, it's gonna they're probably gonna have to come out a bit more in the second leg. So bigger grass pitch will probably suit us as well. So um, yeah, it's definitely all to play for.
1: Yeah, I know, you know, you guys would have done a huge amount of work in the week leading up to the match, trying to watch Riga and watching videos and the new video room up in Dundalk and, you know, Stephen O'Donnell's first opportunity to show his worth as the opposition analyst. What did you learn about them playing against them that you saw on the video that you feel may help you for the second leg? Because it's always much easier to actually play in an actual match against somebody than watch videos and and be able to, to learn exactly what they're going to do and, and maybe how you can beat it.
0: Yeah, exactly, yeah. Stephen do- um. Massive work, so he did. He's been over and back, so has Vinnie and Higgins, uh, Flory Higgins. So, um, they left no uh, stone untouched. We we knew what we were up against, and in fairness, um, that's what Riga brought. I just don't think we were probably good enough in the final third. Um, so we we had a really good idea what we were up against, and obviously, it's only videos, you know you can't really 100% judge in videos. You you get a proper taste when you actually go out and play them. So um, yeah, like I said, we've got that now, and um, we we'll be doing more video sessions and and practicing and training how to how to break down their formation because they they tend to play two sitters um, in midfield, which is probably something unusual. Um, as they don't really bomb on at all. So um, yeah, they're they're a tough side to break down. I think they've only conceded thirteen goals in their season so um, but like I said uh, we know they're going to have to come out a bit more now um, we watched them at home a lot of times and we know what they what they like to do at home so um yeah like I said Stephen has, has left no stone in touch so we'll be in in the morning or we'll be in later on today and doing more videos so we'll be well prepared
1: Yeah myself and Jamie speaking early on Sunday morning before he heads off to training and currently Riga first in the uh, Latvian top league the Team that's at the moment the best team in Latvia, and I suppose Jamie, you know, when we're looking from the outside and fans and media and such, you go, Well, Dundalk, they're playing a team from Latvia, surely they have to win. But then when you're actually playing in the match and they camp their whole team in in one half and they know how many good attacking players that Dundalk have and they try to stop you, it proves very, very difficult to break them down. And just because you know the stereotype is there of, Oh, well, it's Dundalk, they should be the team from Latvia, that's not always the case when you're actually on the pitch and you see how organised they are how disciplined they are and, and how they want to make sure that they don't concede goals against you
0: yeah that's it um, I think we don't have a right to win any match
1: especially European matches we're still not at that
0: console level yet but um, uh, probably looking in from the outside that it was a good draw for us but um, we knew the quality that they have they have a lot of internationals um they have a wide spread of uh, nationalities in the team as well. they are Brazilians, they've um, they've a lad from the Congo. So um, they're uh, they must have a little bit of resources there to bring in these players. So um, obviously, looking from the outside in, it's it's really like uh, not many people know about them, but they are a quality side, and like you said, they're top of the Latvian league. Um, mm-hmm which are probably I don't know the strength of the of the whole league as a whole but um, yeah they, they are they are a good side like
1: and for you, Jamie, to have been in from the start, you missed a portion of the season through injury, and you've been in and out since then in the last couple of weeks. So I'm, I'm sure Vinnie Perth and, and John Gill didn't want to, to have you playing 90 minutes every week, leading into a very important European campaign, with, which will have a minimum of three more games and hopefully more. So, how is the injury? How far over it are you now? And, and you've obviously come back just at the right time to get ready and, and be in the team for these European games.
0: Yeah, I think, um, well, originally I broken two metatarsals in my foot against Waterford um, down there, which was probably about three months ago now, I'd say, I'd have to guess, yeah, three months ago, so, um, yeah, it was a big blow for me at the time, Uh, I felt I was doing well uh, in the team, and I was good when I got the news, because I didn't think it was that bad, Um, but that's football, you're going to get these knocks, and I came back, I think I was back into training maybe eight weeks later. Which was probably a bit ahead of schedule, but um, yeah, coming back. Uh, in fairness to the physios, Danny and David, uh, they got me back. Yeah, pretty in pretty good uh, shape, and as a, from a lungs point of view, I felt pretty good because it's almost like a torture club when you're here injured at this club. You're up uh, cycling in the mountains or you're out swimming in the sea. So it's, uh, it's tough going when you're um, injured up here, but. Um, yeah, in fairness, I was back flying and um, I got to the mid-season break, probably came at a good time. Um, then we had a trip uh, a week out in Spain, which was great as well for getting back on the pitch and getting min- uh, minutes into the leg. So um, mm. I obviously came back against Rovers and made my first uh, appearance and uh, helped the team get the win, which was great. And um, Yeah, just like you said, then I, I, I started coming back into it then. Um, yeah, it was perfect timing coming back into europe with uh I knew Europe was uh in my head when I was injured, so uh kind of helped me get back a bit quicker and gave me something to work towards.
1: Yeah, I said this at the time, that Rovers on Dock game. Jamie's pass for Sean Gannon's goal was absolutely perfect. And you <laughs> took a touch, you delayed, you waited for the run, you waited for the space. And it was just the most perfect pass to help your team win that game. And you mentioned the physios there. And I know Danny Miller is the type of physio who likes to keep fit himself and runs and cycles and swims. So he doesn't just ask the injured players to go and do this stuff in the mountains or in the sea. He probably jumps in with you. Uh, Danny,
0: he enjoys this. I don't know how he enjoys it. <laughs> hopping into the into the sea at 8 in the morning or um, going for sixty K cycles like he's a he's a freak though <laughs> but um uh, fairness to assume he, he gets all the injured boys back uh in great, great shape and uh I don't know how he does it though in fairness to him but he's some machine.
1: Yeah, no, the second leg, Riga against Undock, takes place at half five this Wednesday. And Jamie, Riga play in the Skonto Stadium. It's a 9,100-seater grass pitch. So we're speaking on Sunday. When will you guys head off? And I know a lot of the players are very, very experienced in Europe now. So heading to a new city and a new hotel and a new stadium won't be anything overly different for you. But again, that's the excitement of, of Europe for the League of Ireland clubs, that you're not sure where you're going to go. And I'm sure when you were growing up as a young footballer, you never thought you'd be going to play in a Champions League qualifier in somewhere like Latvia.
0: No, exactly. Um, even when you mentioned playing Champions League football, you almost get goosebumps because when you're growing up, it's always something you're, you're watching on TV, used to be when you're always watching on Tuesday or Wednesday night. But um, yeah, we travel out Monday morning, um, I think at 11 o'clock. So we'll have Monday evening, we'll have Tuesday and then the game Wednesday. So um, we'll have a good feel for it for then. Uh, we get to train in the stadium uh, normally the day before. So we'll have an idea of the ground. Um, me and Sean Hoare have actually played in the same thing with St. Pat's back
1: in twenty or
0: We you know what it's, like. it's a it's a nice enough stadium. It's a lovely uh lovely city as well. So
1: Yeah, Jamie's phone just broke up there a little bit towards that bit, but he said that himself and Sean Hoare played for St Pat's. That was back in twenty fifteen, so experience of the stadium and um I'm sure that'll help when when, when they arrive as well. And Jamie, when you get there as well, you're flying on on Monday, as I mentioned, and you'll have time to train and, and, you know, lots of time as well for, I'm sure, video work and team meetings and, you know, maybe some work with the physio. But what do you guys do away from the... Football to relax, unwind, and, and and maybe you know change your your mindset from football to something else. Like uh, on on the show on, on ninety eight on Sunday, we spoke to Andy Lyons, Brian Maronoshy, McAndy from the Irish Nineteens, and they're off in Armenia for the Euros, and they brought seven Playstations with them to keep themselves taken over when they're not uh, playing football. Now I know they're a bit younger than you guys, but what do you do away from football and these hotel trips and foreign trips to to occupy the brain? Um,
0: <laughs> the team is uh, mad for uh, board games at the minute. <laughs> Robbie Benson uh, is probably the founder of that. He always finds these, it's uh, nowhere you get them to be honest, uh, mad board games. And we um, always seem to have a new one for every OA trip. So um, in fairness, they're great. There's the PlayStation crew as well. The dairy tree normally have uh, their Playstations with them. So um, there's a good variety there. Um, but the main one is probably the card games or the board games.
1: Yeah, very interesting. Dundalk very good at football and apparently very good at board games. So maybe in the off-season we could invent our very own off-the-ball League of Ireland podcast, Board Game League, and Dundalk surely would be (laughs) favourites. Exactly, yeah. Jamie, lastly, back to the football on a serious note. If Dundalk score an away goal, which I'm sure you would really fancy yourselves to do with the attacking players you have... And the other night for Brian Gartland, who just signed a new deal, and Andy Boyle not to start in that game and to keep a clean sheet, albeit at home, I'm sure will give you guys great confidence. And for you, as an attacking player, we spoke about your, your pass for Sean Gannon, and I'm sure Vinny and John are looking for, for the attacking players to come up with a, you know, one or two bits of magic, get one or even two away goals, and it gives you a really, really good chance to be into the next round.
0: Yeah, that's it. Um, like you said, you know, we've defended fantastic over the last month or two, so... Um, we're confident of keeping a clean sheet. We're going to have to be on our top game all over the pitch. Probably during the night, um, our attacking players, we probably didn't have the magic to unlock their defence uh, on the night, which happens at times. But we think we can do a lot better in that in that area. Same big grass pitch. they um, are going to have to play and play it more. I think it's going to make it maybe a small bit easier for our attacking players to unlock the door and have that piece of magic. So hopefully, um, like you said, we can get an away goal or two and, Hopefully, keep them
1: out. Nice. Great stuff, Jamie McGrath. Thank you, many for your time. I'll leave you off to training now, and hopefully, that dog in the background doesn't attack you before you head off to Latvia. <laughs> Thanks very much Jay. Yeah Dundalk against Riga Second leg kicks off In Riga in Latvia At uh, 5.30 this coming Wednesday So you can catch up With all of the updates For that one Best luck to Jamie uh, Vinnie Perth And everybody at Dundalk On that one Now Shamrock Rovers Drew 2-2 with Bran In Norway the other night On Thursday Roberto Lopez popped up With a 94th minute equaliser So two away goals For the Hoops They're back in Dublin For the second leg At 8 o'clock this Thursday And Pico or Roberto As he's better known Also joins us on the line Roberto how are you?
2: I'm good Jamie Good how are you?
1: I'm great, thanks Roberto, not bad at all. Now we're speaking on Sunday before a big week in Europe and I've just watched back the uh, video of your 94th minute equaliser for Rovers against SK Bran in Norway. Jack Byrne whips it in right-footed and there's Roberto to head into the back post and dramatic celebrations afterwards.
2: Yeah, it was it was brilliant obviously because um, we had a few chances in that game and we we're just unlucky not to take them and we felt we deserved to get an equaliser at the very least. Um, so it was just great that and to get one and being last, I minute, mean, obviously all the emotions are running high and it's great to kind of uh, give something to the fans that travel to uh, something to bring back to Italia now as well, like, so we're just, we're just delighted.
1: Yeah, just watching back the highlights and listening to the analysis by Pat Fenlon, he said all game that he felt, Brand were not very organised on defensive corners and defensive set pieces. Is that something you sensed earlier in the game and obviously it worked Pay dividends for you guys and um, for you personally, literally with the last kick.
2: Uh, yeah, I think it's something we spoke about, and it's it's probably um, not really much down to how brand defended, but we just we know ourselves that Jack's delivery is, is second to none. Like so, we we knew we'd be a danger from any set piece free kicks, corners, like, and um, I think we showed on the night, like I think two assists, um, the first goal he puts in the amazing ball balls that have gotten close, but it's got in, in off your, uh, the brand defender and. The second one was another unbelievable boy just hung up there for us to attack. So we know we're going to get chances off Jack's delivery. And um, again, it showed on Thursday night.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure you can do all of the, you know opposition work and video analysis as you want on loads of different aspects but I know managers do focus a lot on set pieces and that's something obviously that has worked for you guys in terms of of what happened on Thursday and for you as one of the main Rovers attackers I'm sure Stephen Bradley does place importance on you in the box as one of those targets for Jack to hit
2: Yeah well the other thing is myself Lee, Joey and Ethan who we play a time as well like we normally have a good heads with the ball like so and the man has obviously said to us like we should be scoring more with the delivery that uh, Jack has like so it's it's something that we have, we've worked on ourselves and trying and like just getting our timing right because we know delivery's going to be there we just need to be at the other end of things like and, and thankfully I managed to get my head to it uh, due the night and it was, it was just a great feeling like
1: yeah when you have someone like Jack Byrne and I've said this before, I'll say it again. I think Sean Cavan has the best left foot in the country. Actually, I actually think he's the best player with the ball, the most talented passer and crosser and kicker of a ball that there is on the other side. So to have people like that and others to whip balls in for you, I'm sure gives you great belief every time you go in the box, whether it be a, a wide free kick, maybe even across an open play or a corner in that case, that either Cavo or Jack or whoever is going to pop it right on top of your head.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think yeah, what you said about Sean there is spot on. He's got unbelievable ability and um, not just with his, with his passing but his football brain uh second to none and, and Jack i can, you hear all day as you're talking about how good Jack is. Um but uh, yeah, like I think it's with the delivery that we are getting into the box, you're just hoping that you get your timing and right and you're you're in the right area at the right time because you know it's gonna be good quality, you just need to get good contact on it and it'll cause goalkeepers problem. So, um yeah, it's 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 a it's a weapon we're looking to exploit for ourselves.
1: Roberto, explain to me the feeling of knowing that the ball's hit the back of the net, knowing the importance of the goal, given it is a second away goal and then those crazy celebrations afterwards because I'm sure scoring a goal in Europe so late and so important as well, away and you know there's a, an unbelievable support of Shamrock Rovers fans over there as well to celebrate with yourself and the players.
2: Yeah, it, it was mental. As you said, I think we, we've had a few set pieces in that game and then obviously i got close to one to in the first half to get our equaliser and I was just saying to myself, going up there, like, just time and time and time, because it's, it's easy to get, like, carried away with the time when I know that, like, I just need to run there, run into the box, and you nearly run yourself past the delivery, so I was just kind of, trying to calm myself in the last few moments, and say, just get a look, good look at the flight, and, and go attack it, and go attack it, and thankfully, I, I did manage to keep the header down, and it went in, and it just, after that, it was just on. so, uh, I think uh, Lee Grace came nearly rugby tacking to the ground, so I tried just to burst away because it just had all that nervous energy after scoring. I had to wait for the delivery and then scoring just to just to run and I think I ran. I tried to do with tumble and that didn't turn out too well, but uh, it was, it was just brilliant. Like it was it was an equaliser, but it felt like a winner. So. Uh, um, it, w- it was great it was great
1: yeah players of course sometimes injure themselves or sometimes actually th- it takes them five minutes after celebrating to actually calm down and get playing again because you just literally ran and the players around you and you often see players getting a sly elbow off a mate by accident where they just run into their elbow and uh, thankfully you avoided any serious injury in your attempted at celebrations
2: yeah yeah exactly I was I managed to dodge a few, few with uh, stray elbows and, and shoulders. so uh, it was great, but yeah, I, everyone I, I, I was and It was a great feeling because like, we all got to share it, uh, and the travels and fans were ecstatic as well. Like, so you, you could feel the energy both on and off the pitch, and it was just brilliant to be able to share it. And then, um, like for myself, it was great to be able to make up for, for giving away a penalty. Like, so I was, I was just so relieved.
1: Yeah, and great as well to be wearing the captain's armband. Very uncommon for a former Bowes to be a Rovers captain, but great stuff to see Pico in the armband and, and scoring that goal. And it's ironic, Roberto, it'll now turn to the home leg on Thursday. I'm looking forward to being there at Tallis Stadium watching that. And you'll go from being an, you know, a player in the box on attack and set pieces. I'm sure you will be again, but at the other end, as a defender now yourself and, and Lee Grace and, and the rest of the back four or back five, if it's a three at the back, is tasked now with stopping Brand scoring an away goal. And if you can do that, you'll be into the next round of Europe because clearly they need to score at least two to take the game to extra time. And if you guys score, they need more than that. So, so now you focus on on defending and, and, and making sure you keep that goal as protected as you can.
4: Yeah,
2: well, obviously we, tried, we tried to do that every game to try and... Get a clean sheet and that's our basis and I think most things what we do is comes off the back of our defensive work whether we're, we're pressing in our shape or we're, we're, we're organised and we're, we're waiting for our opportunity to, to press Um, I think we have two way goals but that doesn't mean we can we can sit on a, a rest on what we have like we need to go and attack the game still play the game in its merit and and look for the win like because it's these European games where you think you're, you're home and joy and you go and get spanked by a really good team, so um, well, yeah, we'd we'll be looking to kind of approach the game in the right manner. Like it's a new new leg, second it's only half time, really. Like so, um, we're not looking to kind of hold on what we have. We want to go and win the game.
1: Yeah, SK Brand currently 6th in the league over there Roberto having played against them now what do you make of them and what threats will they pose at Talos Stadium on Thursday maybe for people who didn't see the game and who'll be heading along and are expecting Rovers again because you scored a couple of away goals to go and, and and you know definitely get through these are obviously a very very good team and will be coming to Talent themselves to try and do to you what you did to them away and, and get a couple of away goals
2: Yes, we knew they were going to be a really good team we watched a few clips of them and then even playing against them and you, you know they had some really good players. I think their the, the tackling players especially the movement was, was very good. Um they might have underestimated us a little bit. Um probably got that sense tonight, but I, I think they'll be talking about that and addressing that and they'll be coming here to Talla like with a real determination to, to beat us and to get through. Like so we have to be ready and prepared for the black hash of the, the the previous performance away in in uh, Brand. Um, but um, we're we're fully aware of that as well and we'll be preparing and we're kind of Looking forward to the second leg because we know the job isn't done and we want to get through. Like so, um, it should be a cracking game.
1: Roberto, how would you describe a European night in Tala and what would you say to either Shamrock Rovers fans or any neutrals around about going to the game? Because I was at Intricor on on Thursday of, of last week for the St. Pat's game and they only had the two stands open but there was still an unbelievable atmosphere and with the extra stand now in Tala, you know, I can't imagine Bram will bring thousands of fans over and there is, you know, more capacity now to fill in the stadium in Tala and you'll want it to be as full as possible to cheer you guys on on Thursday.
2: Yeah, well, Jimmy, mean, it's a special night because they don't come around that often, and you get to to see teams that like you might have never even heard of or, or, or never get the chance to see. Like, so it's right on our doorstep, and as you say, it'll be it be a packed hall stadium, which is which is a great sight any day of the week. And so, a European night, it'd be a great spectacle, and and I'm sure we'll get a, a really good crowd, we'll get a really good tra- crowd travelling. So, I say, there's people dying to go to the to the game uh, from our end, and i was lucky enough to get a ticket like, I'm sure they would be for a really good game
1: Yeah I really hope people do turn out and not just Rovers fans but any neutrals as well it's the only game on in Dublin this Thursday it's a European game as well St Pat's are away Cork City are away Dundalk are away as well so it's the only actual European game in Ireland and you would hope for 15 quid for adults and I'm sure a little bit cheaper for older people or younger people to go and, and watch the European game as well and Roberto watch the Shamrock Rovers style of play that you know has impressed so many people this season has built so many league points and and clearly has helped you in Europe as well and I said it last Friday or the Friday before but when you played Dundalk in the league even though you lost the first half performance was as good as I've seen a League of Ireland team with the ball probably ever against a very good Dundalk team and I don't need to list off the number of midfielders in your team in your bench and sitting in the stands that can pass the ball and get on the ball and of course Alan Manis, centre-back's getting on it too we mentioned the full-backs too and and all that sort of stuff how much do you feel the style has helped you in Europe and and maybe will help you in this home game on an unbelievable pitch in talent with the amount of players on your team that can actually keep the ball and create things
2: yeah it it, it, it gives us confidence because we know we have players in the team like you said that can take the ball under pressure and can can pass with unbelievable accuracy and i think you need you need that going into Europe because uh, the team that is such high quality that it, if you're not keeping the ball, they'll keep it. they'll make you work for it, and they'll punish you when they do win the ball back. So it's important to to have that courage to get on the ball and use it, and um, create opportunities. And like you said, we've got plenty of creative players in that team, and um, the the style suits them the way we, the way we play. It's getting them on the ball and, and letting them do their stuff and trust their stuff, and uh, it really has helped us uh, thus far. So we we need to believe in that now again, going into Thursday, and and hopefully get the result.
1: Yeah, I think that word belief is very important. I remember one of the other games this season at Tala, you played against Bohemians and Aaron Aramaknef actually kicked the ball out for a corner and you were trying to play out and it went from Alamanas to maybe straight to Aaron, maybe it was to a centre-back and, and maybe into Aaron and it went out for a corner and I sat there thinking, do you know what? That's actually really, really interesting to see because it's not often that a, a League of Ireland team would risk the ball to play out from the back as much as you guys have, particularly this season from what I've seen. And and clearly, you being a centre-back, you're in the first line of, of passing for Alan Maness. So, how have you found that? And I, I'm always fascinated to watch the managers in these scenarios. And even though maybe some of the fans might get a bit nervy, Stephen Bradley straight away will encourage you guys to go and get on the ball again, which is something, again, that we don't see overly often in the league. And there has been times where you guys really have risked it. If you get out, it's brilliant. And if you don't, you try again.
2: Yeah, well, this is it. Again, like it, it's it's something we walk on and train. It's not something that we kind of show up on the night and kind of go, right. We'll, we'll just try this and if it comes off, it's brilliant. No, it, it's something we walked on and it's something that we we have to trust in because the players that we have in the team, like as I and play. It, if we were just a team to go long, I don't think the players that are playing week in week out would be would be near the squad. Like it, it just wouldn't suit them. Like so, we have to play to our strengths. And like you said, mainly, our Joey whoever's playing centre half, like we're very important and. And getting those players on the ball, like so, we have to be confident to take the ball off Al. And to be fair, Al has no problem, and he's he's a very good witness feel. Like he'll he'll give you the ball, and you'll be prepared to take it, and and be brave enough to to make the next pass and and take the ball again if if the next pass doesn't come off. Like so, it's something we we worked on, it's something we talk about, and we know what we have in in our team. And I think it's the, it's the best way to utilize utilize um, them strengths.
1: And has that been a big change for you, Pico, given that, for example, when you were at Bowls, maybe the side would have been a little bit more direct? To, and even, you know, maybe towards the start of your time at Rovers, it would have been the same. But to be able to, you know, for the manager to say to all of his players, listen, I want you getting get in the ball. Obviously, don't... You know, don't take the piss and, and give the ball away in our box. But at the same time, you have to weigh up the risk against the reward. And if you're getting on and you can get the ball to any of those midfielders, you know, in a good position, they've got a great chance of playing the next pass forward and so on. But you're also aware that if you lose it, you know, there could be immediate danger.
2: Yeah, as you say, it's, it's probably not something that I've been used to. Like in, in my career playing out, I've, I've normally been um, probably more direct and. Um, I've le- it's something I've learned over the last like few years and got really comfortable doing through our, through our training and obviously through games and yeah it's like, I think we, we've all made mistakes but it's like as I said it's like having the courage to, to trust in what we're doing and just with the purpose of getting chances out of it so we, we need to back ourselves in that sense and I think that's really helped as well the confidence actually. You, you've seen our performances and, and the points we've gained now this year um, by playing the way we have like we, we've seen how no reason to change it and we just need to keep believing and believe that we'll, we'll be successful in uh, the way we play and again there's, there's a lot, lots to go in, in this season and we've given ourselves another big opportunity in Europe so and um, Again, we just need to believe and back ourselves and, and trust what we have.
1: Yeah, really great chance to get through in Europe as well. And with the FAI Cup to come and the rest of the league campaign, even though there is that eight-point gap, lots to, to go for Rovers. Roberto, lastly, I just wanted to ask you about Alan Mannis, your goalkeeper. And it's just uh, 15 goals conceded in the 24-league games. So it's the second-best defensive record. And, you know, I'm not going to list off the, the number of, of Shamrock Rovers goalkeepers in recent years that, that maybe weren't number one. And Stephen, at times... Was you know change between goalkeeper A, goalkeeper B, and goalkeeper C, and, and and there were some mistakes that that led to goals and stuff. I can't remember Alan Manus making a serious mistake since he's come into the Shamrock Rovers team. How big of a boost has that been for you guys at the back and, and overall to have a goalkeeper of his ability and you know to know you can trust what's behind you with the ball, shot stopping, crosses, everything. That you know he's just giving you guys such a solid base to build on. Really, certainly from what I've seen.
2: Yeah, Alan's is, is tremendous. a spot on, Jamie. He's, he's absolutely brilliant. Like, I think you can, you can see, and from myself, I've never walked for Alan, but since the first day he, he came and just him, it's like, you look at his presence and, and you feel it. He doesn't really, really say much, and if he does, you're listening, but you can just feel his presence, and it just gives you a lift and, and gives you confidence, and to say, we've got a really, really top, top keeper here, so, um, if, if, if I make a mistake, you know you're going to get a chance to get back, or, I well, very I like, and um, it's just great. And the information he does have from his, his time playing in Scotland and the level that he's played at, even here and, and in Europe, it's just invaluable. And he's, he's always there for advice. But um, uh, as, a, as a goalkeeper, he's, he's probably the best I've, I've played with. Like, and he, he just gives you that confidence when you've got, you know, you've got such a top player uh, in your team and and behind you, especially the centre half, like, um, just again, it gives us confidence. And oh yeah, we're more than capable of getting clean sheets and. We're more than capable of getting on the front foot and playing from our uh, our goal kicks. So um, yeah, he's been absolutely brilliant. That I can't say enough about. him.
1: Yeah, looks like a scary guy too. I wouldn't like to cross him or uh, or give him a bad back pass.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's as lovely. As I'd say um, he doesn't really really say much when he when he does say something. you because yeah, i was afraid to offend him. But um, now he's a top lad. Dad. He's he's really good around the dressing room and uh, he's he's a top top goalkeeper.
1: Yeah, of all the Shamrock Rovers signings. Jack Burnett, you know, all these great players. I think Alan Manis has probably been the key one given the goalkeeping issues that Rovers have had and has been so good as well as the rest of the, the Rovers team this season. Roberto, thanks a million for your time. Enjoy the week of training and the week of build-up and uh, enjoy the game, of course. Best of luck i we speak to you soon. Thanks for coming on.
2: Thank you, Jamie. All the best.
1: Yeah, Shamrock Rovers against Bran at Tallaght Stadium this coming Thursday at 8 o'clock. Now, Cork City beaten 2-0 at home by Luxembourg side. Progress need corn. Despite missing a penalty via Carl Shepherd and the Cork City head coach John Cotter has been reacting to that defeat
3: gave away two awful goals uh, thought we started 10 minutes quite well on the front foot and but you can't let say for mistakes like that to be fair look the first one was we had good possession of it should have just clipped one down the line tried to clip ball into the middle of the park give it away and should have dealt with it when it was in our box in those areas you just need to get rid of it and then um, Kind of lost their way maybe for 10 or 15 minutes after that. And obviously the penalty is another one where we got we spoke about all week about getting caught in the break. We got caught in the break. And diving when really shouldn't dive in really in those areas. The man was kind of going away from goal a bit. Oh, so But look, we got going again a bit. Obviously had the penalty and uh, just need to pick ourselves up and stop feeling sorry for ourselves and get going again for next week. But look, we still have to believe and pick ourselves up and get ready for next week because if we go over there and score the first goal... Which is the main thing The tie is open again And um, that's what we we're planning to do
1: Now it's not been a great season For Cork City overall Poor league form Players have left The former manager John Caulfield Has also left the club And John was asked John Carter This is after the game on Thursday If this was the lowest point In Cork's recent history He didn't agree
3: No it wouldn't be To be honest um, Look we know, we're well aware Of the job that needs to be done here Is it a job to score to turn overnight? Absolutely not Is it a rebuilding job? Yes um, And we're well aware Of what we have to do And prepare to do it, as you can see over the last weeks, players have left, and um, sometimes you need a bit of patience in these moments. And we have that, and we know what we have to do, and um, we just need to, as I said, that doesn't just happen overnight. These things take time, and um, as I said, you just need to have confidence that it will turn. And um, that's what we're planning to do: is keep working hard and. We've good people in the club, all through the club, from the players, the staff, to the people behind the scenes, the the boards. And uh, everyone's rowing together, to be fair, and that that is the case at the moment. And um, that's all we can keep doing.
1: Now, Cork have really struggled in front of goal this season, not just with scoring, but also with creating chances. And the head coach has been talking about the hopes to score at least two away in Luxembourg on Thursday to give them any chance of qualifying for the second qualifying round of the Europa League.
3: Absolutely, it's hard, but look, you just need to keep doing the right things, keep keep training right and keep putting the confidence into the players and keep working and keep encouraging them to go into those areas and look, I would never blame someone for going in and missing the target and stuff like that and and not scoring, but it's keep going in is the main thing, keep going in and keep going in and eventually one will fall for you and that's when the confidence might come back and... Um, that's all you can do. You keep encouraging the boys to do that, and that's what we do every day. But they work hard in it, absolutely. And that's all you can keep doing. It's pointless hiding from it and um, and saying look, someone else is going there. You just need to keep going and keep going and taking that responsibility. And eventually, something will fall for you.
1: Yeah, we mentioned goals and failure to create chances for Cork. Now, their top scorer before he left to join Shamrock Rovers last week was Graham Cummins. And John has confirmed that it was his decision to let Cummins go to Shamrock Rovers and take Joel Castrain, a winger in return on loan. And uh, he didn't seem too happy with the question to be asked if it was the wrong timing to let Graham Cummins go to Shamrock Rovers on loan just before these European games.
3: Well, uh, the first thing is it wasn't the club's decision for Graham to go. Um, Was it bad timing? I don't think so. I don't think so. A lot of people might disagree with me, but I don't. Um, Not saying Graham wasn't a great lad around the place, he was. Graham was brilliant around the place. Um, as, think, as I said sometimes things get stale in certain places and I thought that was that was an area where it was I thought it was maybe good for Graham to go and get a fresh start as well and um, look we brought Marky back in with that as well and uh, bad timing no absolutely not and as I said earlier it wasn't a close decision to do that that was my decision and uh, I take full responsibility for it and I still back my decision to this day
1: now a huge job on John Cotter's hands We played a short clip in the introduction About the uh, amount of work that needs to be done by the club With the playing staff, the coaching staff And also off the pitch To try and get them back towards the top of the table Where they've been for the last five or six years And John is fully aware of the task ahead
3: Look as I said it's, Is it a rebuilding job? Yes, absolutely um, And I'm well aware of what needs to be done As you, as I said earlier Look you can see players have left um, Does that mean there'll be more players out? Quite possible I don't know It's still early in the window More players in quite possible as well look you can't just keep cutting in not trying to keep the numbers and a bit of quality in the squad look if there's something out there that we can do that we think will add to the squad which is the most important thing and that once that person has the character and the, the hunger as I mentioned the other week to play for this club um, absolutely look if you can do it we would do it And uh, but it's 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 important not to just jump at anyone we need to make sure the player is the right player and the right type of character to come in and play here.
1: Yeah, that is the Cork City head coach John Cotter, speaking to us via the Rebel Army TV. That's Cork City's YouTube channel. The second leg progress neither corner of Luxembourg against Cork City kicks off at half six Irish time this coming Thursday. Now our final port of call on this week's Off the Ball League of Ireland Podcast is with the St. Pat's manager Harry Kenny, who's been speaking to us after their two-nil defeat to IFK Norkopping of Sweden at Richmond Park on Thursday. They fly off on Wednesday morning to go to Sweden for the second leg. And his hopes are not lost He began by telling us though About that first leg defeat He's been chatting to our very own Nathan Whelan
4: Yeah it's a tough ask But uh, there's no point in being in the tie If uh, you're not going to go for it So um, we'll get our plans done During the week Um, I'm looking forward to the game I thought we acquitted ourselves Quite well in the first leg Just gave away two sloppy goals Um, And football is funny like that All you have to do is look at uh, Last season when you see Spurs and uh, uh, Liverpool turning over them deficits um, in, in cup football so you know if we get an early goal at, at any stage it sort of puts the frighteners on them a little bit and you never know what happens. Harry
0: then discussed his plans for their away leg in Norway
4: Yeah um, we'll be training sort of uh, Monday, Tuesday um, we leave early Wednesday morning we'll arrive over there to, in the afternoon um, we get a bit of rest then when we arrive and a bit of food, after that we go and do a bit of training and um, Around sort of seven half seven in the evening over there, and uh, get up that next day and prepare for the game, and uh, just take it easy before the game.
0: He also touched on their plan to go in search of that elusive away goal.
4: Absolutely, I've looked back at it already, and uh, you know we got to try and find areas of the pitch that we can hurt them. So we'll be looking at that. We won't certainly won't be going gung ho from the start of the game because uh, obviously the game is over ninety minutes. But we would be looking to throw people forward um, if we're in a spot of bother. Despite needing to score, Kenny stressed the importance of keeping a clean sheet in a tie like this. That's right. Um, Well, that's the key to it. You certainly don't want to concede because it becomes an uphill task then. But uh, if we get a goal early or even into the second half, there's still plenty of time. um, The whole stadium and the the opposition get nervy. So we're hoping to do that. We hope to get the first goal and uh, take it from there. He finished
0: up by explaining how they must enjoy their experience of European football while it lasts.
4: They're a very good team, that has to be said. Um, really, really good with lots of internationals um, in their team. And uh, it was particularly here at Richmond Park, um, they were very good, particularly in the second half where they pulled us around a little bit. But in saying that, uh, we acquitted ourselves quite well. Um, they're going to play in a, in, a, in a lovely stadium that's an astro pitch so um, it's all different for us and that's what Europe's about it's an exciting time for the club and we just need to go and uh, try and get through the tie
1: Yeah, no Copping against St. Pat's kicks off this coming Thursday that game is at seven o'clock over there in Sweden. Now, finally, on this week's League of Ireland podcast, the results from the Premier Division just two games over the weekend because of the European matches Derry City nil, UCD nil. A great point for UCD, that's four points from their last six games. Haven't beaten Finn Harps last weekend, so they're now level on points with Harps, and they do still have two games in hand. So, UCD off the bottom spot. Sligo nil, Waterford nil was the scoreless game on Saturday. One game in the Premier on Monday evening, it's UCD against Bohemians, a game I'll be at. That game kicks off at a quarter to eight. In the UCD Bowl. In the First Division. Shelburne are still 5 points clear. They did drop 2 points. Drawing 1-1 with Cabin Teeley on Friday at Taco Park. Great crowd there as well. Conan Byrne missed a late penalty for Shells. But they're still 5 clear. Because on Saturday. Longford beat a 2-1. Sam Verdon got a late winner there. The other results involving the teams at the top. Bray won, Limerick nil, And Wexford nil, Galway nil. The other game on Saturday was Cove 2. At Lone 1. And that means the First Division table with uh, 20 games played. ...meaning that there are just seven games left... ...Shell's top 44... ...Longford now second on 39... Drada third on 38, Cabin fourth on 36, while Limerick and Bray's hopes of the playoffs, not gone just yet, but maybe starting to fade. Limerick on 32 and Bray on 31. That was a massive win for Bray in that game. The fixtures in the First Division just coming weekend that it should be a cracking weekend of action again. Four games taking place on Friday, all at quarter to eight. Athlone against Shelburne, Cabin Teeley Longford, that's an important game in the top four. Galway, Bray and Limerick and Drada. Well, the one game on Saturday is at seven o'clock and it's these Cove Ramblers host Wexford. So that's it for another week on the Off The Ball League of Ireland podcast thank you very much for listening and to all of our guests we heard from Jamie McGrath we heard as well from Roberto Lopez John Cotter and Harry Kenny more from all of those in the podcast section of offtheball.com this podcast being recorded on Sunday so that's before the League of Ireland strategic meeting press conference has been held on Sunday afternoon where uh, the clubs were understood to be holding a vote or at least uh, very important discussions on the direction of the league so we'll have a full update on that on next week's podcast have a great week folks best of luck to the four Irish clubs in Europe and we'll chat to you soon see you bye bye
4: The best League of Ireland podcast in the business. This is Off The Ball.